We find that life finds happiness in the continuous reading of spiritual poems, especially those by Sant Darshan Singh. We're reading in, uh, we continue through the Love's Last Madness revised edition to poem 24, which is the same as uh, 20 and 13 and Mata Inur. Mm. The poem says, uh, demure and shy, she blushes, showing nascent youth. Or is it the sun bathing the sky with soft hues at twilight? From that bewitching hoary, you have hopes of love, it's, it seems. Wild imaginings, fantasies, ludicrous dreams. <laughs> Afflictions of the world go on with your test. Hmm. Seems there's test. Uh, unflagging is my fortitude, my endurance boundless. Uh, that's quite a bad. Others revel in the goblet's rounds and the flow of bubbling wine. The vintage I choose to savor is the blood of my desires. Uh, the emptiness of mundane life has driven our hearts to despair. Every atom is restless for revolution. Life finds happiness in continuous struggle, lacking challenge. Life feels restless and lost. Just now her veil seemed to quiver ever so faintly. Darshan, your efforts in gazing are a success. <laughs> This has got a lot of strong quotes in it. Mm -hmm. oh. So, let me try again. Demure oh. and shy, she blushes, showing nascent youth. Alexa, what's the definition of the word nascent? The adjective nascent is usually defined as beginning to exist or develop. For more, ask me to give you more definitions for nascent. Yeah, we know that's mean it just means the signs of developing and coming into existence. You just being born. Or is it the sun bathing the sky? What? It's French. It's French. Yeah, we should do derivation like uh, what is the source of the uh, source of the word would be nice. We should ask for the uh, etymological <laughs> or the um, what do you call it? Uh, well, she could probably do extended definition huh? if we ask, maybe. Or is it the sun bathing the sky with soft hues at twilight? I don't understand that statement. But. <laughs> Clearly, demure and shy. Demure and shy. 
demeurer et même si inside the newborn girl. She presents a, a beautiful girl who stays like a newborn and in silence. And then she compares with the sun, sun the hues, the beauty of the sun. Of the sun. And, uh, and then she talks about the temptations of people. Alexa, what's the definition of the word demur? The adjective demur is usually defined as characterized by shyness and modesty, reserved. For more, ask me to give you more definitions for demur. From that bewitching, from that bewitching hoary, you have hopes of love, it seems. Uh -huh. Wild imaginings, fantasies, ludicrous dreams. Uh -huh. I don't know if we need to analyze that. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's what understood that most of my life is just wilding imaginings, fantasies, and ludicrous dreams up to now. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Afflictions of the world go on with your test. Do you think they're going on with coronavirus tests now? Afflictions of the world go on with your test. Unflagging is my fortitude, my endurance boundless. I mean, what is that saying? That he's got like a. He's very. He is. I suppose it would be correct to say he had to have been strong. To who he is, the poet. Later he says he drinks blood of his eyes. Unflagging fortitude. Well, that's what we should have, and that's what he had, I guess. And endurance. Unflagging. Alexa, what's the definition of the word unflagging? Unflagging is an adjective usually defined as never tiring or lacking energy, without rest, without slowing. Never without energy. Never tiring. Eh? Unflagging is never tired. We, we just. Alexa, what is the definition of the word flagging? As an adjective, flagging is usually defined as becoming smaller or weaker, dwindling. For more, ask me to give you more definitions for flagging. Did that answer your well, question? The, the, word, the word you needed was unflagging, not... Thanks for your feedback. Yeah, it's... Just like a flag, the flag in the F L A G. The same as a flag. Yes, flagging. It's interesting. The word flag, which the sign of a country, means twiddling and drooping away. Strange. You think that it means the opposite in a way. Well, dear, if we were to really investigate the poem, you would not be looking at this English word, but be looking at some Urdu word. And what it means. It's uh, a translation of. Uh, still, we believe that's the best translation they had. So. Okay. Not, uh, not, uh, not Our question next. The use of the word in the poem. <laughs> I'm, I'm questioning the use, the the use of the word flag uh, to the flags of the world. Uh, 
the flag should oh, yeah, right, the side I, I know, side, yeah. yeah. And flag means the opposite. Weak. <laughs> Imagine flag and green. Yeah, though that's a that's a literary or poetic. There's no relationship between sometimes uh, English words between their other meanings don't necessarily have any relationship. English is a poor language. It's a major word, though. A failed language. Uh -huh. Everybody. Uh -huh. I'll just read. I'm just going to switch to the Urdu, and that'll be the end of the, the next reading. Our fifth reading of of uh, Mati Noor is going to be in Urdu. <laughs> All right. Well, the, the pace that we're going at, unflagging is my fortitude, my endurance boundless. I could imagine his, his endurance was boundless. Uh -huh. yeah. uh, then it goes, others revel in the goblet's rounds and the flow of bubbling wine. <laughs> the vintage I choose to savor is the blood of my desires. Do you think you understand that? He killed his desires. Well, he had said the merciless murder of my desires. He said that somewhere. He said, uh, he says, to gain analysis, to gain the pleasure of his master and develop spiritually, this poet painfully sacrifices his world desires and ironically begins to find intoxication in those sacrifices. And then if we go on to the footnotes, uh, while we're doing ultra-extreme analysis. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like it says here, those who are familiar with mystic love know that a lover must undergo many trials without a grumble. They accept them as the normal lot of a lover. While many people are apprehensive of the trials and turmoils, the cruelties and tyrannies which the beloved inflicts, real lovers revel. And being caught in the coils of the beloved's tresses, those who have experienced being caught in love know that any attempt to shake off those coils ends in failure. A true lover relishes being a captive of the beloved's curls and begins enjoying it. It becomes his way of life to experience ecstasy and his seeming captivity and his surrenders to it. A true lover is moved by the one thought how to reach the beloved, how to woo the beloved. The lover is prepared to pay any price for his beloved. Spiritual Awakening, page 229. We might open that up and look at it when we're doing our cross-sectional readings of the poems and the, and the writings of Darshan Singh. But that's a nice image. All these are nice images, which can be... We can carve into stone if I become a sculptor and say the blood of my desires. The emptiness of mundane life has driven our hearts to despair. Every atom is restless for revolution. I like this. I quoted this somewhere, like prior. I don't know why and where, but I like this quote. 
every atom is restless for the revolution. It's for it's for a spiritual revolution, I think. So. And if we look at um, what are these other chapters? I don't get it. What's six and seven? Well, we have cross-sectional analysis. <laughs> Hmm. 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 <sighs> I'll keep reading and uh, don't read another one. But I'm still continuing with this. Life finds happiness in continuous struggle. Ah, we have to go to that other chapter. Life finds happiness in continuous struggle, lacking challenge. Life feels restless and lost. Hmm. Just now her veil seemed to quiver, ever so faintly. Darshan, your efforts in gazing are a success. Uh -huh. Seems he was a success in gazing. His efforts were a success, Darshan. Darshan's efforts. Darshan's efforts. In gazing. Were a success. <laughs> gazing was a success. Whereas he says, Darshan, your efforts in gazing are a success. So, hmm. Hmm. It's like you have to read it again. Demur and shy, she blushes, sowing nascent youth. Uh, or is it the sun bathing the sky with soft hues at twilight? From that bewitching hurry, you have hopes of love, it seems, wild imaginings, fantasies, ludicrous dreams. Afflictions of the world go on with your test. Unflagging is my fortitude, my endurance boundless. Others revel in the goblet's rounds and the flow of bubbling wine. The vintage I choose to favor is the blood of my desires. The emptiness of mundane life has driven our hearts to despair. Every atom is restless for revolution. Life finds happiness in continuous struggle. Maybe if we read this over continuously. Continuous struggle. Lacking challenge, life feels restless and lost. Just now her veil seemed to quiver ever so faintly. Hmm. Don't understand that, but in my fifty thousand hours of meditation, I might be able to understand that one. Darshan, your efforts in gazing are a success. Hmm. Uh, I had to go segue to spiritual awakening to. Page uh, 229 as referenced. Hmm. 
In Spiritual Awakening, chapter 28, it's called Continuous Struggle. He says, Others are leading a life of goblets and cups and are getting intoxicated with cup after cup of wine served to them. But I derive my intoxication from the cold-blooded murder of my desires. Goodness. It's like we read that recently. Huh. Goodness. We did read it on April 22nd, Earth Day, 2020. This verse of mine often causes those inexperienced on the path of mystic love to think this path is one of disaster, tragedy, and catastrophe. To those who think the purpose of life is only luxury and enjoyment, the path of love is a thorny one. But this is only because we do not really know what true love is. Hmm. Yeah, we had read this one. Uh, I read this chapter before. Others are leading a life of goblets and cups and are getting intoxicated with cup after cup of wine served to them. But I derive my intoxication from the cold-blooded murder of my desires. Which we, which is very related to uh, this thing with his. Uh, he had said in the other thing that he gets into the cold blooded murder of his desires. That's what relates to this blood of my desires. Do you want me to read that little bit from his other? He said uh, in continuous struggle. He said, others are leading a life of goblets and cups and are getting intoxicated with cup after cup of wine served to them, but I derive my intoxication from the cold-blooded murder of my desires. It's quite uh, t- very tough not to remember. Because well, I think that's why you say it that way, because it, it gives it more power. It's a liberation you have after this. Remember, he's a revolutionary. You know. oh, uh, <laughs> but against uh, his own desires, you see, and he finds the freedom, which is intoxicating. Well, dear, he's a, a spiritual revolutionary. In fact, every atom is restless for his spiritual revelation, revolution. I, 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 I think, yeah. Every atom is restless. I heard it. So... <laughs> <laughs> but I'm talking about the intoxication she finds. She finds the intoxication not in the revolution itself, but in the freedom he finds by then, accomplishing that. And then he says that life finds happiness in a continuous struggle. So our continuous struggle on the path is, would be our source of happiness. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Your restlessness, life feels restless. 
<laughs> Do you feel restless at all? <laughs> we don't go on. We're, we're just standing on this poem. We're not going to move forward. Sorry. Certainly in the morning, I don't want to feel restless already. Okay. Just going to read an uh, introduction here on uh, who Sant Darshan Singh is, 1921 to 1989. The author of these poems was a remarkable human being, a modern-day Renaissance man. Had he been only a poet, Darshan, Darshan. Remember how the pronunciation was like Darshan? Not Darshan, but Darshan. Darshan Singh's achievements. Five acclaimed volumes of poetry, four Urdu Academy Awards, and a rec reputation reputation as the finest Urdu mystic poet of his times would have been enough to earn him accolades and a place in Indian literary history. Heretofore, we will refer to Darshan Singh either by his nom de plume, Darshan, or by... Darshan. Darshan? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Darshan, or by his spiritual title, Sant. Saint, a God-realized spiritual master, as is most appropriate for the context. Darshan, however, did not devote himself to one discipline alone. In an age of specialization, his mastery extended beyond the world of poetry to encompass his roles as civil servant, family man, and community servant as well. But it was yet another pursuit, achieving mastery as a mystic that was closest to his heart. He didn't want to just be like a master poet. He wanted to be an actual master of mastery of mysticism, right? First, went for, <laughs> he first uh, wanted to be a mystic. He got initiated when he was six. What are you talking about? He was not a poet at six. I'm saying he's he's mastering mastery itself as a mystic, and, and uh, poet poetry is a an expression of it. Simultaneous with his other endeavors, totally hidden from the eyes of the world, Darshan devoted himself to realizing God and bringing his in individual will into harmony with that of the divine. To accomplish this, he followed an ancient spiritual path known as Sant Mat. His cornerstone was meditation, guided by a preceptor who had himself realized the Almighty. Darshan's father, Kirpal Singh, was passionately devoted to such a spiritual master. Hazar Baba Sawan Singh of Bias in Punjab, and was so advanced in meditation that Sawan Singh ultimately chose him to carry on his spiritual mission. Thus Darshan was steeped in this spiritual tradition right from his childhood, and as he himself wrote, quote, I grew up in the lap of mysticism. <laughs> I guess that's a four foreknown, foreknownst. We know about that. That's what it gives uh, about the author. Hmm. 
If we go on here, it says, Just as Baba Sawan Singh had served as Darshan's mentor on the spiritual path, Darshan also looked to him for guidance in his worldly profession. As a young man, Darshan had ambition to become an engineer or doctor. Baba Sawan Singh, however, saw a different future for him advised, and advised him to pursue Persian and English literature as well as history at prestigious government college Lahore. This prescription seems to have launched Darshan on his career as a poet, for it was not long before his artistic urges surfaced and he began writing poetry. Instructed in his craft by the renowned poet Sufi, Ghulam Mustafa Tabassum, and Hazrat Shamin Karhani, are inspired and inspired by his father and Baba Sawan Singh, Darshan immersed himself in the world of mystic poetry. When Baba Sawan Singh assigned the task of writing the monumental spiritual treatise Gurmat Siddhant, the principles of the path of the masters to Kirpal Singh's Kirpal Singh, in turn delegated the collection of mystical quotations from Persian literature to Darshan. So he had a job as a subcontractor to Kirpal Singh. He was subcontracted to Baba Sawan Singh to collect Persian quotes. This proved to be an invaluable education because the rich legacy of mystical themes in Persian carried over into Urdu poetry. In time, Darshan became known as one of the most important mystical poets in the Urdu language. He wrote hundreds of poems, which were published in five collections over a 30-year period, Talash Inur, Quest for Light, 1965, Manzal Inur, Abode of Life, 1969, Mata Inur, Treasure House of Light, 1988. And posthumously, Jada Inur, Pathway of Light, 1992. And Majina, Wave of Light, 1996. Hmm. What? After death. They post after his death. They published him. Read the poem again. Oh yeah, we close up with the poem again. The poem again. <laughs> the closing poem. The interest the history of Urdu poetry is also quite interesting. Okay, the poem again. Another poem. Another poem? Yeah. You want me to read another poem or this poem? No, you read the poem already. <laughs> another poem? Yeah. Wow, you have greed for poems. <laughs> All right. But this is an undertaking, though. We have to analyze it. Huh? You sure you want another poem? Okay. You want me to... Stop or to read another poem. <laughs> this might be revolutionary, though. Twenty poem twenty-five. 
Poem 25 is like uh, poem 39 in Mata Iner. It says, but for your pleasure, I'm going to read this poem. Uh -huh. But for your pleasure, in your singular beauty and creation, you wouldn't delight in adorning the world's assembly in myriad hues. But for your pleasure, in your singular beauty in creation, you wouldn't delight in adorning the world's assembly in myriad hues. The U is a capital U, your, because that means uh, something. Means God, I guess. Myriad hues. Myriad hues. Once again, but for your pleasure and your singular beauty and creation, you wouldn't delight in adorning the world's assembly in myriad hues. Lord, your head belongs bowed at her threshold. Wait a minute. Lord, my head belongs bowed at her threshold. What fate never forced me to beg at another door? Even in your absence, may your remembrance fill my mind. May I live in a state where alone, I'm never alone. Isn't it p true that we could never be alone? <laughs> Do you think that uh, people who don't have a guru can be alone, and a person who has a guru is not alone? Everybody can have a gossip table. Maybe everybody's, nobody's alone. When the eye of love regards her. You could argue you can't be alone. <laughs> you can't be alone. You're actually one with all creation. <laughs> so there's no such thing as being alone. <laughs> Everyone is one with God. <laughs> and everything else. So there's no such thing as being alone. If you, if you realize uh -huh. hmm. Just like, just like you're, there's no such thing as absolute quiet, there's always some noise. So it's true that there's no such thing as nothing. When the eye of love regards her in a thousand different ways, why wouldn't beauty stay busy adorning herself? <laughs> Darshan, when beauty unveiled strolls through the garden, how could even blind Narcissus not stare at the sight? Hmm. This is a hard poem. Narcissus is blind, you see, because he only sees as himself. Interesting. Blind. How could he You're even... You're blind, you see. See, I'm blind to this poem because of my narcissism. You're blind to everything. <laughs> <laughs> blind I'm reading this because I'm blind. That's why I'm trying to open up my... Revolutionize every atom of my body. <laughs> every atom. How could even blind narcissus not stare at the sight? How could I, even a blind reader, not hear this poem? <laughs> Let's try to analyze this, I guess. <laughs> yeah.
an analysis. All right, well, I just got to think about it. But, but for your pleasure in your singular beauty in creation, you wouldn't delight in adorning the world's assembly in myriad hues. I don't know that even analysis is the answer because you're supposed to find your own answers. He talks about God's creation. All right, we, we actually can get a clue from Rumi or something. It says here in the Hindu Vedas, God's. I want an analysis. Okay, Lord. Lord, my head belongs bowed at her threshold. You read before that, okay? Let fate never force me to beg at another door. Even in your absence, may your remembrance fill my mind. Uh, may I live in a state where, where, alone, I'm never alone. But you read that before. Why are you reading this? Now? What do you want me to read it from? This new poem. This is a new poem. Start from where you started before. Start over. This is the second poem. What you were reading, what you were reading before uh, about uh, <laughs> Narcissus? That's this poem. Read that, I can't. Where you began to read it. Let me, let me go to the last part of the poem. When the eye of love regards her in a thousand different ways, why wouldn't beauty stay busy adorning herself? Well, that was the end of the poem then. No, Darshan, when beauty unveiled strolls through the garden, how could even blind Narcissus not stare at the sight? So she's talking at, uh, he's talking at himself, Darshan. Dear, I'm starting at the beginning of the poem, and we're working... Okay, and then you confuse me. Why are you... After that... Dear. History you were reading. Where did you start? Didn't you start at the beginning of a poem? I thought you beginning no another poem, but you didn't. I did. Start from there then. Where do you? What's this mean? Start from there. After the history you wrote about uh, the master, and you started reading. Where did you start? With the poem. Okay, read that then. I'll read the poem again, and then we'll do analysis. Okay. Seems we're confused. <laughs> this is the poem. But for your pleasure and your singular beauty in creation. That's where you began. That's what I mean. You wouldn't delight in adorning the world's assembly in myriad hues. That's what I was asked you to do. Read that again. That's the beginning of the poem. Right? Lord, my head belongs bowed at her threshold. Let fate never force me to beg at another door. Even in your absence, may your remembrance fill my mind. May I live in a state where alone I am never alone. When the eye of love regards her in a thousand different ways, why wouldn't beauty stay busy adorning herself? Do you understand that one? Excellent. I understand every word. Oh, that's okay. Darshan, when beauty unveiled, strolls through the garden. All right, so beauty is unveiled now. 
Why, how could even blind narcissists not stare at the sight? He goes to the, to the zenith of uh, beauty when she invades herself and she's walking in the garden. <laughs> how can even the blind narcissist that, uh, That's why I'm saying even me can understand it. Uh-huh. In the, I'm I'm going to read analysis. I don't care what you say. In the Vida, Hindu Vedas, I did finish okay, it. Okay, tell me what you understood. No, I'm not smart enough. In the Hindu Vedas, God says, God, that's very simple I am one to wish to be many, echo hum, thereby bringing the creation into being, yet God remains the ever-changing one behind the phenomenal world. Sufis like Mahana Rumi have said that God manifests the creation in order to be loved by and have union with his separated souls. This is why what we're talking about here, he says, Hik Not a single lover would seek union were the beloved herself not seeking it. God achieved this object of being loved by investing the whole creation with divine beauty which compels the love of all sentient beings. In Urdu and Persian poetry, the narcissus symbolizes the eye, but one without vision. Okay, there's this... Not the inner eye. Dear, a, the inner eye is blind. Dear, Urdu and Persian poetry has symbols... And in this case, Narcissus symbolizes the eye, but one without vision. That's a standard symbol in, in Urdu poetry, so you have to know that. I'll read it again now. Now, what do we learn from that? Ask yourself, what did you learn from how this would have been? <laughs> no, it makes it a little more explanatory that uh, the fact that... Uh, He's talking about uh, God's creations, God's manifestations, all the souls that uh, contemplate God. And, uh, yes, dear, now we're talking about the beauty in creation as the topic here. The beauty, why is there beauty in creation? It says here and, because... Uh, and, that, and still, he's not speaking about the, this the creation you see with your eyes, but the inner creation, the inner beauty, the inner manifestations with, through meditation. You see? Yeah. Right. Read the again. Now we can try to understand it. But <clears throat> try again. But <clears throat> but for your beauty, your pleasure. That's for whose pleasure? God's pleasure. But for God's pleasure. But for your pleasure in your singular beauty and creation. That's God's beauty and creation. You wouldn't delight in adorning the world's assembly in myriad hues. Read it again without yours, your explanations. I'm just saying that when no, they... Don't say, read it without yours. When they capitalize they your, they're referring to God, because when they capitalize, they refer to God. Read it again. All right. Because when you <laughs> are in meditation, it's you with a capital also. Really? Yeah. You're one, don't you? You not capitalize yourself, you capitalize God. Like when yeah. you say, Don't you become one? Dear, in the, the way it's standardly written, if you say Him, I look to Him with a capital H, you're looking to God. Uh, yeah, when it says to Him, yes. Or your as okay. God. Okay, read it again. Then. 
but for your pleasure in your singular beauty and creation, you wouldn't delight in adorning the world's assembly in myriad hues. So why God wouldn't delight in adorning in myriad hues? Um, Only the blind Narcissus doesn't, because he can see. All right, Lord, my head belongs bowed at her threshold. Let fate never force me to beg at another door. Even in your absence, may your remembrance fill my mind. May I live in a, a state where alone I'm never alone. When the eye of love regards her in a thousand different ways, why wouldn't beauty stay busy adorning herself? Darshan, when beauty unveiled strolls through the garden, how could even blind Narcissus not stare at the sight? Now he puts himself there. Why? How can he not? You explain it. You're so smart. <laughs> what part do you want me to explain? Explain it. What did you understand about Narcissus? Explain it. Narcissus is so much about his himself. Huh? Actually, Narcissus should be if he, if uh, now if he was uh, looking inwards, not exactly at his face, reflected in the world. Oh, is is he is, is Narcissus, Narcissus the one who looks inwards, the, the one who meditates actually and loses himself? Probably that's what the real uh, picture of Narcissus is. Well, dear, if Narcissus, we know him like uh, egotistic, like the ego. Dear, in Persian poetry, if Narcissus symbolizes the eye, but one without vision, but then he calls calls this Narcissus a blind Narcissus, which is like a... It's already blind. Why does he call it blind? Unless, well, maybe instead of being blind, he's asking why it doesn't stare at the sight. How can it says it How can it even it blind narcissists not stare at the sight? So he's saying that it, uh, a beauty so unveiled he, should be stared at. Yeah, even even a blind narcissist should be able to see it in a way. But uh, I don't know. It seems to be You could argue that blind. if if the beauty is unveiled by the master. And you and why don't even the blind disciples go and stare at it once it's unveiled? Mm -hmm. yeah. So what do you want me to do? Read it again? Or? No, it's really beautiful. You like this one. This is your kind of poem. Oh. Anything that speaks of beauty. <laughs> Are you like that and I should stare at you? I'm blind to your beauty? Do you see me adorning myself at all? 
I think I may be blind to your beauty, and I, I'm like blind narcissus. Blind to my room that this has so many stains and holes. It's like a thousand years old. Well, I'm not making my I I don't make myself beautiful in any way. But all right, now if you like to contemplate other type of inner beauties, maybe I don't know, maybe you. You made this a hard poem. Well, oh, that poem is a little complicated, huh? Well, it's I didn't have time to think about it. Oh, you should read it again until you enjoy it again. Read it again, huh? Until you really love it. Let me try to understand it. What I could let... Uh, if you read it again, I'll try again, because... But... Usually, you know, usually when George Gwen, they see somebody mm. is really enjoying them and listening them and they mm. like to adore mm. themselves more and more so they mm. look more and more beautiful and they look at them more and more so that's part of Let's see if we adore it. this poem more let's see if it gets better or more understood if I adore this poem but for your but for your pleasure in your singular beauty and creation you won't delight in adorning the world's assembly in myriad hues you wouldn't delight. Lord, my head belongs bowed at her threshold. Let fate never force me to beg at another door. Even in your absence, may your remembrance fill my mind. May I live in a state where alone I never, I'm never alone. When the eye of love regards her in a thousand different ways, why wouldn't beauty stay busy adorning herself? <laughs> Darshan, when beauty unveiled, strolls through the garden. How could even blind Narcissus not stare at the sight? Mm. Oh, goodness. <sighs> but for your pleasure and your singular beauty and creation... You wouldn't delight in adorning the world's assembly in myriad hues. Lord, my head belongs bowed at her threshold. Let fate never force me to beg at another door. Even in your absence, may your remembrance fill my mind. May I live in a state where alone I'm never alone. When the eye of love regards her in a thousand different ways, why wouldn't beauty stay busy adorning herself? Hmm. Darshan, when beauty unveiled, strolls through the garden. How could even blind Narcissus not stare at the sight? We read Poem 25 in Love's Last Madness. Translation and Commentary by Barry Lerner. All right. Twenty-five. I like to post this poem. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, that's your poem, huh? Because you could say that I was blind to its meaning, meaning and you understood it. Uh-huh. Well, you probably understood it. I'm gaining, learning, tr beginning to understand it more. Uh -huh. I was stuck on the other poem, though, because I'm still struck, continuously struggling to understand this poem. Uh -huh. I guess that's the only way I'll find happiness. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yeah, in yeah. If I have unflagging fortitude and endur boundless endurance, uh -huh. maybe if I go out and exercise today. The beauty. I like to build up my endurance, uh -huh. so I could use it better. Uh, so today we should listen to the ma to the hmm? master's talk. We missed some days. Yeah. Well, I hope the broadcast works. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is a talk as well. We have this. We just had a talk. Uh -huh. mm. You feel you're learning and gaining something from these poems. Uh -huh. oh. oh, I don't put it as learning, as enjoying. Enjoying. Absorbing? Yeah, beautiful. Spiritual. Spiritual learning, spiritual knowledge, uh, knowledge of spirituality. Darshan's efforts in writing these poems was a success, or Darshan's efforts in gazing was a success. This is better than Emily Dickinson. Better than Emily. That's saying a lot. Uh -huh. Yeah, this is uh, the best poem I read. Darshan's efforts. Best poem we read. Efforts at writing poetry was a success. Mm -hmm. hmm. All right, that's good that it was successful in reaching you. At least my blind narcissistic art. <laughs> when, uh, my, I should stare at this poem. Yeah, instead of telling yourself and your video games. With the instead of myself. Playing the ball games. I'm star staring at myself, but I'm staring at my building of my fortitude and my endurance and able to enable me with unflagging and ability. What do you get when you're what? looking at yourself playing? I'm looking at my building of my endurance to read poetry. <laughs> to build up my at unflagging fortitude. Play, what? At the part you play to build your endurance. Then you come home and you look at the phone or the whole movie that you made. Mm -hmm. And that is looking at yourself, building your endurance. Building my endurance? Yes, that's what he said. Well, that actually is helpful for meditation to have physical strength. Um, all right, but to look at it yeah. after, what's the point? To look at it. Yeah, because you just uh, well, absorb yourself in looking at yourself. Really? Well, 
I'm trying to convince the world to exercise and absorb vitamin D so they don't have to <laughs> die a brutal death from so coronavirus. So, for that you posted already. I'm trying to save the entire world from a horrible, ugly death from coronavirus <laughs> uh, by eating too much sugar and not getting enough sunshine. Uh -huh. So I'm saving to save the world in a by every atom of my body, and you know. every atom is restless for revolution. I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to get rid of the emptiness of mundane life, in the continuous struggle in the park uh, at exercise, and uh, for, I'm restless for revolution. Uh, oh God, I was I was Uh -huh. Who says that uh, that you is like you're jealous of the park? Who says I don't like the, this part of the day when I'm meditating and reading poetry and that? The way you said it, you just said it. Okay. You feel your Exercise in the park is the third step after after number one, oh, meditation right. number that's, two. That sounds number one, meditation number two, reading scripture number three, exercise. All right. Are those the rankings? It's, you, know, you took all, everything off by saying emptiness. It's like you're going to the park. By the time you're going to the park, you're empty. Well, what are my priorities? Are they number one, physical exercise, number two, reading scripture, number three, meditation, or are they, are, are they number one, meditation, number two, reading scripture, number three, all exercise? Right. What are my priorities? <laughs> I'm not talking about what are your priorities. I'm talking about what you just said before. Mm. You see, that was falsely stated. I should examine my priorities because Darshan wants me to. All right. He so wants me to continuously struggle with my priorities <laughs> <laughs> or just fix them. So. All right, let's go All to right. the next reading. No, I have to stop and re now I have to stop. Are you going to read Maneri? I'm going to read Maneri next. Mm -hmm.